I've added one more, so it's going to be four in this series. But today, the reign of Antichrist, Revelation chapter 13, verse 7. Please stand together with me out of honor to God and his word as I read. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. Thank you. You may be seated. And so looking at today the reign of Antichrist, and don't worry, if you don't like eschatology, you don't like end times, you don't like Antichrist stuff, don't worry about it. Some people are into that, some people aren't into that, but anyway, it's only a four-lesson series, and so we have already done one, we'll do two today, and then there's only two more, and then we'll get back to other things. Uh, And I feel a little guilty, I was telling people, I feel a little guilty talking about the Antichrist, because what I really want to talk about is Christ, (laughs) okay? And, uh, but anyway, it's in the Bible, so we need to talk about it. So Revelation 13, 7, the reign of Antichrist. Notice, first of all, his reign is global. From our text this morning, it is global. Antichrist will rule over the entire earth. It says there are all kindreds, all tongues, all nations. He will rule over the entire earth. Now, worldwide cataclysm, known as the tribulation, catapults him to power and to popularity. These are God's sealed judgments found in Revelation chapter 6. In chapter 6 and verse 4, we read about war. In chapter 6 and verse 6, we read about famine. Uh, In chapter 6 and verse 12, we read about natural disasters. In uh, chapter 6 and, uh, I already said that, chapter 6 verse 12, natural disasters. And as I mentioned last week, perhaps it is the rapture that will be the catalyst. Think about it. The rapture occurs, even though there's war and famine and natural disasters, it's the rapture that may be the catalyst for the tribulation. Because as I mentioned last week, all believers being removed all at once, people driving their cars, pilots flying their airplanes, farmers doing their farming, heavy machine operators doing what they're doing, all in a moment, they're gone. And then think about the increased crime rate. As Christian law enforcement officers, Christian police officers, Christian military folks, Christian FBI, Christian CIA, in a moment, all gone. All gone. This will provide instant global chaos. So even though God's judgment is coming on with war, famine, and natural disasters, perhaps it is the rapture that will be the catalyst to bring this about. But when this happens, people worldwide will clamor for the leadership of the Antichrist. They will clamor for his leadership. He will provide a political solution to the issue. He will become a religious icon. The world will worship him. Look what the Bible says here in Revelation 13 and verse 4. And they worship the dragon which gave power to the beast. And they worship the beast saying, who's like the beast? Who's able to make war with him? We talked about last week the beast. That's another name for the Antichrist. And so the world will worship him. And the false prophet will promote the worldwide worship of Antichrist. Look here in chapter 13 and verse 12. And he exercises all the power of the first beast before him and causes the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. And in fact, his religion, the Antichrist religion, has a counterfeit trinity. You might remember last week I was talking about how the Antichrist is a counterfeit Christ. Well, he's even more counterfeit in that his religion that he's promoting worldwide has a counterfeit trinity. You can read about this in Revelation 13, verse 2. But Revelation 13, verse 2 says there's a dragon. That refers to Satan, which would correspond to God the Father. And then there's the beast or the Antichrist. That is Satan incarnate. We talked about that last week, which would correspond to God the Son. And then there's the false prophet who promotes beast worship. That would correspond to the Holy Spirit. 
And so you've got the dragon, the beast, and the false prophet providing a counterfeit trinity to the Antichrist religion which will be practiced worldwide. And as part of this, Antichrist will have global communication. We talked about that last week. He will have global economic control. He will have global surveillance. You know, you can't go anywhere now and be off camera. No matter where you go, on the road, in the stores, there's cameras everywhere. Even in your own home, I don't have a camera in my home, but probably some of you have cameras in your own home or on your own front porch. No matter where you go, you're on camera. So these cameras will be used during that time. And you don't have, you don't have to have somebody watching those cameras. They can be enforced by drones. And then we all are familiar with GPS tracking. It's on your phone. Have you ever used that feature on your phone, Find My iPhone? Sometimes when I'm wondering where Debbie's spending all of our money, I will just get on my phone and I'll see where her phone is and I find out what store she's in. She's typically at the mall, okay? That's GPS. I can track my wife. Now, if I can track my wife, the Antichrist is going to be able to track everybody, everybody. And so he's going to have global communication, global economic control, global surveillance. And let me ask this. What's the deal with these no borders crowd? These people that don't want our nation to have its own border. They're just letting people pour over the border every day, every day, every day. What's the deal with that? You say, well, it's economical remuneration. Uh, we need cheap labor. Or you say, no, it's political reparation. Uh, we, as America, we unjustly acquired uh, these lands. Here's what I think. It is global preparation for one world government. It is global preparation for a one world government. So that people will no longer be citizens of a nation, they'll just be citizens of the world. You'll be a citizen of the world. And so because you're a citizen of the world, you can go in and out of any country you want to. Because you're not a citizen of America, you're not a citizen of France, you're not a citizen of Russia, you're a citizen of the world. I showed you this last week. But world ID will permit world access. I showed you this last week. The CEO of a company that wants to scan your irises said this, World ID is coming whether you like it or not. There is going to be a world ID, and we'll talk about what that is more later. And because you have this ID, and as we looked at last week, this ID will have RFID technology or something even more advanced uh, where everybody can be tracked everywhere in the world. So you don't have to be a citizen of a country. You just need to be a citizen of the world, and the government will know where you are at every moment of every day. And so we see the reign of Antichrist is global. It's global. He will rule over the entire earth. Secondly, though, I want you to see his rule is dreadful. Is dreadful. And we looked at this last week. He is called the man of sin or the man of lawlessness. That's in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 3. Now, even though he's a man of lawlessness, he will enact laws and he will demand that they be followed. He is not opposed to laws. He's just opposed to God's laws. And the ACLU has done a lot of preparatory work here. For instance, now in our own society, the Ten Commandments are vilified for their religious origin, even though they espouse universal human morals, like don't steal and always tell the truth and obey your parents and don't commit adultery. These are universal human characteristics or human morals, and yet we're told, well, we can't have the Ten Commandments. They're too religious. He's not only called the man of sin or man of lawlessness, He's called the son of perdition. Also, there in 2 Thessalonians 2 and verse 3, again, we looked at this last week. And the word perdition means destruction. 
He's a son of destruction. Antichrist is a destroyer, and he will destroy all who oppose him. He will especially persecute Christians and Jews. I don't know if you know this or not, but multitudes of Jews will be saved during the tribulation. I don't know how many, but multitudes of Jews will be saved during the tribulation. And Christians and Jews will be spiritually indistinguishable. You won't be able to tell the difference between a Jew who believes and a Christian who believes because we believe the same thing. Christian and Jews will be spiritually indistinguishable. And because of that, we will be specially targeted. We will be specially targeted. Now let me say this, though the Antichrist will be destructive, he will never ever be outside of God's sovereign control. He's not this loose cannon out there that God can't get control of. Understand this, even though he is destructive, he will never be outside of God's sovereign control. And something else about Antichrist, he will curtail freedom. He will curtail freedom. You know, the United States was founded on freedom. First of all, political freedom using the democratic process to determine who will lead us. Not only political freedom, but we were founded on religious freedom. Our founders determined that government was not to establish religion. Americans are free to worship their God according to their conscience or not worship God if that's what they want to do. And our founders never thought religion would not influence government, only that government would not influence religion. In fact, our founders were themselves very religious. Many of our founders were ordained Christian ministers. And this idea you've heard about a separation of church and state, you might think that's in our Constitution. It's not. Separation of church and state is not in the United States Constitution, but it was in a Constitution. It was in the Constitution of the USSR, the Soviet Union. It was in there, separation of church and state. The Antichrist will curtail freedom, political freedom, religious freedom, economic freedom. Our founders wanted us to sink or swim on our own. America was to offer equal opportunity to all, not guarantee equal results for all. Our founders sought economical survival of the fittest. But the Antichrist will not permit freedom in any way. He will not permit political freedom. He will be a dictator over the entire earth. There will be no political freedom under the Antichrist. And there will be no freedom because Christianity will be illegal. Freedom is inherent in the Judeo-Christian message. Think about the Hebrew nation. How were they founded? They were founded on liberation, freedom from Egypt. And the Liberty Bell, that precious Liberty Bell of ours that hangs in Philadelphia, it's inscribed with Leviticus 25.10. And if you read all the context of Leviticus chapter 25, you understand that this quote on the Liberty Bell is a reference to the year of Jubilee. And what the year of Jubilee teaches is that freedom is God's intended state for mankind. Not only that, Jesus proclaimed true freedom. When Jesus came, he said in John 8, 36, if the Son, meaning himself, if the Son shall make you free, you'll be free indeed. So before we move on anymore with the Antichrist, let me find out, have you been freed by Jesus Christ? Have you been freed from your sins by the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? You say, well, I don't know how. You need to invite Jesus Christ into your heart. Believe that he died on the cross to pay for your sins, that he was buried for your sins, and the third day he rose again from the dead. And if you truly believe Jesus Christ died, was buried, and rose again from the dead for you, you invite him into your heart. He'll take your sins away. He'll grant you eternal life. And no matter what happens with the Antichrist, who cares? You've got Christ. 
The Antichrist, though, will not permit freedom. He will be a dictator over the whole earth. Make sure you're free in Christ. He will not permit political freedom. He will not permit religious freedom. There will be only one religion on this earth. And the one world religion will demand worship of Antichrist. The false prophet will enforce the worship. We looked at that in Revelation 13 and verse 12. And I want you to look at Revelation 13 and verse 15. The false prophet will make the image of the Antichrist speak. Let's look at that. Here it is. And he had power to give life to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Now, people have always wondered, what is this image of the beast that the false prophet is able to make speak? Well, when John had this vision of the end times 2,000 years ago, perhaps he just saw the Antichrist on a TV screen. And he'd never seen a TV screen before. But he sees an image, he sees a picture of the Antichrist and he's speaking. And the false prophet is able to turn that TV on and turn it off. So maybe he just saw TV. Or maybe, let me update a little bit. Maybe it's a hologram. Maybe it's a hologram. And so the hologram would look like the, the image of the beast there would be his whole body and he'd be able to talk and answer questions and so on. In fact, I want you to see this article I just read this week. It says, Albert Einstein and Isaac Newton could deliver uni lectures using AI holograms. In other words, instead of just reading a book about uh, Albert Einstein or reading a book about Isaac Newton, how about having Isaac Newton or Albert Einstein come and stand in your classroom, full body there, walking, talking, Breathing, teaching, answering questions using AI. More than TV, I think perhaps the false prophet is going to present the beast, the Antichrist, as a hologram. And all the world will worship him. And those who refuse to worship Antichrist, we read, they're killed. They're killed. It will be illegal to be a Christian during the tribulation. It'll be illegal to be a Christian. And that's already the case in some countries. Already in some countries right now, it is illegal to be a Christian. Antichrist will persecute and defeat end time believers. That was our text from this morning, Revelation 13 and verse 7. So the Antichrist will not permit freedom. He won't permit political freedom. He won't permit religious freedom. He won't permit economic freedom. All economic transactions will be monitored by the Antichrist. His mark will be required to buy or sell during the tribulation. You're familiar with these verses. Look at this, Revelation 13, beginning in verse 16. And he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man may buy or sell except he had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Now, the mark is one of three options according to this verse. It might be the image of the Antichrist. That's a picture. It might be the name of the Antichrist. That would be a word. It might be the number of the Antichrist, like an actual number, like your Social Security number. Again, remember that article, World ID is coming, whether you like it or not? After church last week, Al Law sent me, he sent Ken too and maybe Scott, sent us an article about the United States and our states in the United States, 25%, a quarter of the states in the United States are introducing biometric digital IDs. Maryland is one of them. 
where you are going to have an ID that has your, bio, your biological or biometric data on it, fingerprints and so on, and it'll have an RFID chip, just like what I was talking about last week, but I didn't know when I was telling you that a quarter of our states are moving to that. And one day, it'll become national, and then it'll become international. It's all on the pathway, and it's starting right here in Maryland. But let's ask the obvious question, why would anyone take this mark? I mean, these scriptures we've had for over 2,000 years, the book of Revelation talking about the mark of the beast and so on, we've had these scriptures for over 2,000 years. There's been all kinds of sermons and Bible studies and all kinds. Why would anyone take this mark? Several reasons. Number one, necessity. Necessity. It will be required. Read the text yourself there. It will be required. If you want to buy or sell anything during the tribulation, it will be a necessity. Another reason, simplicity. You don't have to dig for your wallet. You don't have to find your card. You don't have to open and dig through your purse. You just let them scan your hand or your forehead. Isn't that convenient? And so why would anybody take this mark? Necessity? Simplicity? How about security? Now, somebody could steal your cash. Somebody could steal your world ID card. Who's going to steal your forehead? Okay? Security. And how about poverty? Poverty would be another reason. I read an article this week. I don't know if you can see it or not. It says, no cash accepted signs are bad news for millions of Americans. More and more, I told you about Sam's Club last week, but more and more businesses are not taking cash at all. And that is creating a problem for, and these are two new words I learned this week, and they're new words because they made them up. These people are called the unbanked or the underbanked. Unbanked or underbanked. Because how does it work? If you have a debit card, you have a credit card, it's connected to a bank somehow, right? You have to have money in the bank so when you slide your credit card, you tap your credit card, it's accessing your bank account. Well, people that don't have a bank account, they are the unbanked. Or people that have a bank account but it doesn't have debit cards, they are underbanked. So what do they do to buy things where it's no cash? They must use prepaid debit cards that require fees. You've got to have a purchase fee to get the card. Then there's a monthly fee that they charge. And then when you reload money on it, that charges you as well. And the World Bank right now estimates 25% of adults worldwide are unbanked or underbanked. So if you're in poverty and then the Antichrist comes to power, he says, hey, listen, I'll fix your problem. You take my mark on your right hand. You take my mark on your forehead. You don't have a worry in the world. You can buy and sell whatever you want. And so why would anybody take this mark? Necessity, simplicity, security, poverty. And when you take the mark, you understand you're losing freedom. So how will this global loss of freedom be able to occur? I mean, people like us, we love freedom. How will this global loss of freedom be able to occur? Well, the United States and other freedom-loving nations will succumb to the new world order. Perhaps because of crippling debt. Perhaps because of a weakened, homogenized military. Perhaps because of this global unheaval, upheaval, this tribulation I'm talking about. Whatever the specific causes are, the loss of freedom will be due to the judgment of God as part of the plan of God. And think about this. The love of socialism and outright communism by our younger generation is preparatory. The love of socialism and outright communism by the younger generation is preparatory. 
because these systems require the loss of freedom. If you want to be socialist, if you want to be communist, you can't be free. And it's getting everybody ready. I like what Benjamin Franklin had to say. They that can give up essential liberty to obtain a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. I'd rather be free. How about you? And so we see the reign of the Antichrist. It's global. We see the reign of Antichrist. Secondly, it is dreadful. Thirdly, I want you to see the reign of Antichrist is temporal. It is temporal. Antichrist reigns for seven years, but his rule will be unchecked for 42 months or three and a half years. So he rules for seven years, but he's unchecked for half of that time. We read about that in Revelation 13 and verse 5 that says, And there was given to him a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue 42 months. That's three and a half years. So when does the reign of Antichrist begin? That's what you want to know. When does the reign of Antichrist begin? Well, I talked about this last week. He must be revealed first. We talked about that from 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 3. He must be revealed first, and he will be revealed during global tribulation. And I told you the characteristics of this man, biblically speaking, he will be blasphemous, he will be pompous, he will be miraculous, he will be religious, he will be victorious. He'll be blasphemous, that's chapter 13 of Revelation, verse 6. He'll be pompous, that's 2 Thessalonians 2, 4. He'll be miraculous, that's 2 Thessalonians 2, 9. He'll be religious, that's 2 Thessalonians 2, 4. And he'll be victorious, that's Revelation 13, 7, that is our text for today. So when does his reign begin? Well, he's got to be revealed first. Secondly, the temple in Jerusalem must be rebuilt. The temple in Jerusalem must be rebuilt. There's been no temple in Jerusalem since A.D. 70. That's when Rome came in and destroyed the temple. So since A.D. 70, there has been no Jewish temple in Israel, in Jerusalem. But the temple must exist because Antichrist will personally defile it. This is in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 4. We looked at this last week. Who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped so that he as God sits in the temple of God showing himself that he is God. And so the temple has to be rebuilt so he can get in there and defile it and claim to be God himself. He will sit in the temple, this says. Not just somewhere in the temple area, but in the Holy of Holies. The word temple as we see in the scriptures here, can have two Greek words as its root. One is hieron, which refers to the whole temple area, the whole complex. And then the other Greek word, also translated temple into English, is naos. And that refers to the holy of holies. That's where God dwelt in the tabernacle and in the original temple. And so when Paul says he's going to sit in the temple of God... Is Paul talking about the whole general area somewhere in the temple area? No, he uses the Greek word naos. He says he's going to sit in the very holy of holies and he is going to claim to be God. He's going to say, you know why I'm in the holy of holies? Because I'm God and this is where God belongs. That will happen. He will claim to be God. Now here's the problem. The temple needs to be rebuilt, but the Dome of the Rock is presently on the site where the temple needs to be rebuilt. The Dome of the Rock is a very sacred site to Muslims worldwide. And I'm telling you right now, Muslims will not just step aside from one of their most holy sites. They believe that the Dome of the Rock covers the rock from which Muhammad ascended into heaven. They're not going to just say, oh, you want to build a temple? Fine, uh, go ahead, just tear this down and build your temple. We don't care. They're not going to say that. 
So a major event must occur to remove the dome of the rock from where it is so that the Jewish temple can be built, rebuilt on that very spot. It might be an earthquake. More likely it'll be war. But whatever this major event is, the dome of the rock is history and that's where the Jews will rebuild the temple. And once that temple is rebuilt, the Antichrist will go into the Holy of Holies and he'll say, I'm your God. There's something else though. When does the reign of Antichrist begin? Well, he's got to be revealed first. Secondly, the temple in Jerusalem must be rebuilt. And then thirdly, a flawless red heifer must be bred. A flawless red heifer must be bred. And that is because Numbers chapter 19, the first six verses, you can look on that on your own, says that you need the ashes of a red, a perfect red heifer to purify the temple and the priesthood. And so if you don't have the ashes of a red heifer, a flawless red heifer, you can't purify the priesthood, you can't purify the temple. I want you to know that five eligible red heifers have been in Israel since September 2023. That's just last September. And they are expected to be unveiled during Passover 2024, which is this coming April. And I am proud to tell you that these five eligible red heifers came out of the great state of Texas. That's where I came from. But don't you call me a red heifer. <laughs> five red heifers are in Israel now. They've been there since last September. The rabbis are inspecting them literally with a magnifying glass, making sure that one of these five or maybe all five are flawless. They appear to be, just by looking at it, they appear to be, but they are really getting the microscope out and checking every detail. And should one or more be found flawless, comporting with Numbers chapter 19, verses 1 through 6, they will be unveiled this coming Passover, this coming April. Now remember, the announcement of these red heifers was made last September. The announcement of the red heifers precipitated Hamas' October 7th, 2023 attack on Israel. Hamas is Muslim. They know what the red heifer means. They know what Israel is planning to do. They know Israel is planning to get these red heifers, to get their ashes. They're going to start the priesthood. They're going to rebuild a temple. And they know the temple is going to be rebuilt where the Dome of the Rock is. And so Hamas said, let's get them now while we can. And so you thought that was just a random attack back in October 7th? No. It has everything to do with five red heifers out of the state of Texas. Taking it all together, everything I've told you today and last week, this world is ripe for the rise and reign of Antichrist. Right now. This world right now is ripe for the rise and reign of Antichrist. But I want you to keep something in mind. His reign is temporal. He only reigns seven years, only three and a half which is unchecked. His reign is temporal. But the reign of Jesus Christ is eternal. Eternal. And I told you, I really don't like to talk about the Antichrist. You know why? I want to talk about Christ. And I want to tell you about Christ. Antichrist is for real. This stuff is coming. Maybe sooner than you thought. It's coming. But you need Jesus Christ. We all need Jesus Christ.
Do you have a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ? Have you received Jesus as your personal Savior? Do you believe He died on the cross to pay for your sins, that He was buried for your sins, and He rose again the third day? This is the only way to start a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. You and I, we all need Jesus. Who cares what the Antichrist is going to do? Who cares about the red heifers? Who cares about any of that? We need Jesus. If you don't have Jesus, you don't have anything. If you've got Jesus, you got it all. you got it all. And so quite pointedly, I ask you, every one of you, have you received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? If not, right now, right where you're sitting, you don't have to wait for the music to start. You don't have to wait for Ken to come up here. Right now, you can invite Jesus Christ to come into your heart, to be your Savior. Believe that He died, was buried, and rose again from the dead for you. That's all. That's it. Receive Him now. And those of you that are believers, don't go out and tell people about the Antichrist. Tell them about Christ. Tell them how they can be forgiven, how they can be saved, how they can go to heaven and spend eternity there. Antichrist can't do that for anybody. Only Christ. And so, I know some of you because you know we're in this series about Antichrist. You've invited some friends. Uh, we saw a bunch of visitors in early service. I see some visitors here. Maybe you were invited because we're talking about Antichrist, and that's fine. It's in the Bible. That's why I'm spending the time on it. But don't go tell people about Antichrist. Tell them about Christ. He's the only one who can save you. And if you're not saved, he'll save you right here, right now, today. Receive him. But anyway, since we're talking about Antichrist, we look at the reign of Antichrist. We look, first of all, it's global. He's going to rule over the entire earth. Then we see it's dreadful. He's the man of sin. He's the son of perdition. He's going to persecute Christians and Jews, which will be spiritually indistinguishable during the tribulation. We see, lastly, his reign is temporal. He only rules for seven years, three and a half of which are unchecked. He only gets half the time unchecked. But Jesus rules and reigns forever. And my prayer for you is that Jesus rules and reigns in your heart even now. And if he's not, invite him in. And he will. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this time together. And I've been very honest. I don't like talking about Antichrist. I like to talk about Christ. He's the one who saved me. I'm not afraid of the Antichrist because I have Christ. There may be some though who don't have Christ. There may be some in this room who are watching online who have never received Christ as Savior. Give them grace and faith to believe right now. And for those of us who are believers, may we not spend our time talking about Antichrist. May we tell others about Christ. He's the only one who can and will save. And we look forward to His return. And we thank You in His name.